Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com slash Fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. There's another dubious garden idea making the rounds on social media. Prune out that first tomato you see on your plant and you'll get more tomatoes as a result. Fact or myth? We explore that with retired college horticulture professor Debbie Flower. Ed Livo from TomorrowsHarvest.com is back on Fabulous Fruit Friday with a white apricot variety. A white apricot? Yes, indeed. And it's delicious, too. Plus, Ed talks about where you can find more information, including videos about the benefits of summer pruning of your peach, nectarine, plum, apricot, apple, and other deciduous fruit trees. It's all on episode 106 of the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, brought to you today by SmartPots and TomorrowsHarvest.com. And we'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. We like to answer your garden questions here on the Garden Basics podcast. To help us out, Debbie Flower, retired college horticultural professor, joins us. And Debbie, we get a question from another Debbie. Uh-huh. Debbie M. We'll call her. And she writes in, is it true or is it a myth that you should pick off the first tomato you see growing on your tomato bush? Not sure where I got this information from, but I was always under the assumption that if you didn't, it would stunt the production of more fruit. Inquiring minds need to know. Thank you so much for your always excellent advice. Well, Debbie M., don't you like tomatoes? Why would you pick a tomato? Yeah. If the plant's been in the ground, the plant's been able to establish a root system, and tomatoes do that very quickly. They're pretty fast growers. There's no reason to take that first fruit off. If the, the plant is just put in the ground and it and it has a tomato on it, uh, I might be inclined to remove it uh, just to allow that plant to establish a bigger root system. But if it's big enough to have a fruit on it, the plant, I mean, and then it's probably got a big enough root system to support that fruit. Yeah, we've talked in the past about um, doing some other juvenile tomato pruning, yay or nay. Uh, one we talked about recently was, uh, uh, and you can fill me in on the correct botanical names, but uh, pruning out the armpit hairs of little <laughs> tomato plants in order to, I guess, spur more uh, flower production? Uh, the axillary buds. Thank you. So, yes, that's uh, the armpit hairs you're referring to, but they arise actually above where the point where a branch meets the stem, and it becomes another stem that has the ability to grow leaves and flowers and fruit on its own. And plants, depending on how you're pruning your, your tomato, they can be uh, they can get very bushy. If you have it in a cage and, and you allow all of these axillary buds to form, they can get very bushy. Uh, when I was a student at Rutgers University in New Jersey, and that was a long time ago, so Rutgers advice may have changed. I haven't checked. But we were taught to remove all of those axillary stems, and we trained our tomatoes to a single stick. And the evidence suggested that we got earlier fruit production. However, we did not get more fruit production because we've removed a lot of fruiting wood and a lot of 
uh, green stuff that makes the food that fills the fruit. So it was for early production, and we had a much shorter growing season in New Jersey, especially all those years ago, than uh, they do today or than we do in other parts of the country. And so the goal was to get tomatoes fast. But other than trying to get your very first tomato very fast, which we we did by staking it to a single, pruning it to a single stem and staking it to a uh, stake, or thinning out what's inside your tomato cage. Those are the two reasons, only two reasons I would remove the axillary buds. All right. Then another very popular uh, tomato tomato removing idea is to uh, prune out the flowers that first appear on a on a tomato plant. I get those questions every year along the lines of should I prune off or snip off or pinch out the first tomato flowers that appear in order to get more tomatoes later. The thing is, those early flowers, because of fluctuating weather, usually fall off by themselves. You don't need to help. Right. Yeah. And if the plant, again, if the plant is, is big enough and healthy enough to produce flowers, I wouldn't remove them. There, I am not aware of any scientific evidence that says removing early flowers or early fruit leads to more fruit or flower production later in the season. Uh, Cornell University. Uh, Dr. Philip Mingus of Cornell says tomato yields per plant may be lowered by pruning. Removing mm-hmm. the leaves or shoots does not conserve food for the crop. It tends to reduce the total food supply. Use training methods that require little pruning. So mm-hmm. basically what he's saying is uh, what you don't like tomatoes. Right. It's not worth doing. Yeah. I attempted to try to track down where this myth of pruning tomato flowers uh-huh. came from. And you know how it is when it's like the seven blind guys trying to identify an elephant or <laughs> or, or or the grade school game of uh, pass it on where somebody starts a story and that person's supposed to tell another person. And then you compare story A with story Q or however far down the line it went. And they're usually radically different. Right. We called that telephone when I was a oh, kid. Oh, telephone. OK, that's good. Yeah, that's right. You had telephones as a child. (laughs) But Texas A&M University had a a paper on greenhouse hydroponic tomato culture in the winter. And it pointed out that the growing point is allowed to grow for at least five to seven leaves above the last fruit trees to help prevent sunburned fruit. Remove the flower buds above the last fruit truss to assure no additional fruit set. So I could easily see uh, some gardener reading that and then trying to recall that story, maybe to the next gardener he meets. And, you know, he talks about uh, that one sentence, remove flower buds above the last fruit truss to assure no additional fruit set, but leaves out the fact it was a greenhouse tomato grown hydroponically in the wintertime. And then Gardner- right, that's a very specific situation and probably a very specific uh, type of tomato that's being grown in that situation. Gardner B then tells Gardner C, hey, I just heard pruning tomato flower buds is recommended by Texas A&M. And, right. and, and then Gardner C goes online and, and writes something along the line of remove flower buds on tomato plants to increase the number of tomatoes or, or something like that. So if you take the flowers off, you're not reducing the, uh, or rather increasing the number of flowers, your uh, fruit, you're decreasing the number of fruit by removing flowers. Exactly. 
it's uh, it language is a virus, as I'm fond of mm-hmm. saying. Uh, to get back to Debbie M's question, no, Debbie, you don't have to uh, take off that first luscious tomato. You've worked so hard to earn that first tomato. Keep it. Let it grow. There will be more. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can think of no reason to prune tomatoes unless they're, as we mentioned earlier, running outside of the cage that they're in or their boundaries and are threatening to strangle your toy poodle. Right. They can get big. Yeah, that they can. Well, I hope that helps. Debbie, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, Fred. Thank you. We're glad to have Smart Pots on board supporting the Garden Basics podcast. Smart Pots are the original award-winning fabric planter. They're sold worldwide. Smart Pots are proudly made 100% in the USA. I'm pretty picky about who I allow to advertise on this program. My criteria, though, is, is pretty simple. It has to be a product I like, a product I use, a product I would buy again. And Smart Pots clicks all those boxes. They're durable, they're reusable. Smart Pots are available at independent garden centers and select Ace and True Value stores nationwide. To find a store near you, visit smartpots.com slash Fred. It's Smart Pots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred for more info and that special Farmer Fred discount on your next Smart Pot purchase. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred. It's Fabulous Fruit Friday. What does Ed Livo from tomorrowsharvest.com have for us tonight? I think it just might be an apricot because late May, early June, it could be apricot time where you live. Ed, what you got for us? Man, do I have an apricot, a unique apricot as well, because it's not that typical yellow apricot. It is a white apricot, and it's got a great name, White Knockout. A White Knockout apricot, and that's, uh, yeah, white apricots, you don't, when you think apricots, you don't usually think of a white piece of fruit. No, you don't. No, and then this is this is kind of a got a white with a yellow um, a hue to it, but it's got nice white flesh. Boy, oh boy, is it sweet! I mean, it is it is a great. It has all the 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 apricot flavors that you would expect, but just the sugar content is, that just can't be beat. I was searching the internet, getting some information about this particular apricot, and I noticed recipes for a white knockout apricot popsicle. Whoa. Yes. But yeah, I mean, apricots, it's one of the first major fruits uh, to be harvested, at least here in USDA Zone 9. And I think this one so, sort of ripens in late May or early June, right? It does. Yeah. It, it To be exact, I mean, it, right now it is late May and it's, it's ripe right now. Um, uh, that's uh, what I probably will be doing tomorrow. As a matter of fact, is uh, going out, harvesting some and taking some additional pictures for the Tomorrow's Harvest website, because I think I only have one up right now. And you'll probably uh, be sampling some fruit, too. Always. Man, I tell you what, one of the most fun things about being in the fruit industry and this part of the fruit industry is that I get to sample literally hundreds of varieties of fruit. You know, isn't it neat that we start off the the um, beginning of the year with two of the most fabulous types of fruit, and that is the apricot and the cherry. <laughs> no, that's right. Hey, don't forget blueberries. Oh, blueberries as well. Yeah, but apricots and cherries kind of, I mean, my blueberries are just, yeah, they're they're close, but they're probably another two weeks away. Wow. It's late this year. Maybe it's for late. you. I'm having fun. Oh, are you already eating blueberries? Yeah. They're oh, look great. At you. Yeah. 
All gardening is local, that guy on the radio used to say. He did, and he was correct as well. It is. And uh, I'll tell you what, the apricot set this year is tremendous because we didn't have a lot of weather in California during the apricot bloom period, which is typical. Um, A lot of times apricots are iffy in terms of being real productive um, in late winter weather, early spring weather that actually can interfere with your, your bloom. Um, and so um, sometimes apricots can be kind of challenging in terms of, you know, getting a consistent crop off them. I do hear from a lot of gardeners here in California that they do have difficulties growing apricots. Is it because they're not as um, competitive as other fruits, if you will, as far as growing quickly? Or is it oh. uh, they, they need uh, really good drainage? They need excellent drainage, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, a- as does most all fruit trees require excellent drainage, but apricots in particular um, don't tolerate wet feed at all, so they should have an elevated planting. I think that the biggest um, concern with apricots actually has to do with their herb- early blooming. They're very early mm. blooming, and so because they bloom so early, they're subject to late winter rains, are subject to a little bit of cold in the late uh, wintertime, early spring. Uh, so a late frost. Um, and, and there's some varieties that have uh, some ability to be able to weather that, so to speak, uh, such as Tomcot or Harcot. Those two varieties actually will almost stop blooming if the weather gets bad and then continue blooming when the weather gets good again. I can't tell you honestly whether or not White Knockout has that capability. Um but my good friend, um, Andy Mariani, uh, down in Morgan Hill, who grows them, speaks incredibly highly of them. He says they're his favorite. Well, Andy is a commercial grower, and so I would think that productivity would be paramount in his concerns. And so to him, for him to speak so highly of any fruit variety would have to have two attributes. And one would definitely be excellent flavor, because Andy is just a master at choosing uh, wonderful uh, flavored fruits. And secondly, it would have to be productive because Andy depends on fruit to make a living. (laughs) I think white apricots kind of fall in that category of why you never see them in the supermarket is much for the same reason you never see mulberries in the supermarket is they don't have a long shelf life. The, The white apricot like mulberries are best enjoyed fresh from the tree. It's the perfect reason to have one in the home garden, and that is because you probably will never see them in the grocery store. You may you may occasionally see them in a farmer's market where they can be picked fresh that day and then brought to market. But even in that regard, you probably don't need to buy you know a full bag full of them unless you're bringing them home to a party because you probably are not going to be able to eat them all before they start to crash. So yeah, um, that's really tends to be, you know, it's a characteristic of a lot of white fleshed fruits anyways. Um, but yeah, in the case of the white knockout apricot, no, no long shelf life at all. But a white apricot, that uh, would be a conversation starter if you had one in your yard. Oh, wouldn't it? Bridget, the, my my companion at uh, work who takes care of our social media and uh, takes care of the e-commerce website, she's excited about working with the white knockout simply because she, she loves the fruit. But on, on, on the uh, same token, there's all kinds of things that we can say about it because we do know a lot about its its flavor characteristics and how special it is in that regard. So It has a long I think, history. I was reading about it. It goes back uh, to northwest China almost like 3,000 years. 
Well, not white knockout. The not, white well, the, the white apricot in general. <laughs> yeah. Yes, not white. Yeah, the white, white knockout is a virtual nursery, Tomorrow's Harvest exclusive. But um, yeah, white apricots actually do. They trace themselves. And white apricots are just a, a normal occurrence in the crossing of, of apricot varieties. You'll get a certain percentage that are white. I don't know that the flavor is always guaranteed, to be exact. In many cases, white flesh fruit when you're in in the hybrid when you're hybridizing white flesh fruit, they can be very very bland, or you know they can be tra- terribly acidic. But typically, they they can be bland. So when you get a special flavored one, uh, like one of the first ones that I recall being introduced to was Moniki, and that um, was probably back in the late 70s. It was a great variety, flavor-wise excellent, not real dependable productive-wise. And then another very popular one, an excellent flavor, is also called the Canadian White Blenheim. Um, But it's definitely a difficult one to get fruit to set on. So the White Knockout, I think, kind of takes the best of the Moniki and the uh, best of the uh, Canadian white Blenheim and packs them all together and gives you something that you can depend on and really enjoy. All right. It's the white apricot, specifically the white knockout apricot. And if you want more information about it, just visit tomorrowsharvest.com and you'll find out all about the white knockout apricot and uh, considering it's uh, one of the first i you know we haven't done apricots as far as uh, succession goes and if people wanted a succession of apricots ripening uh, in their yard for zones five through nine or six through nine uh the mm-hmm. white knockout sounds like a perfect early apricot yeah yeah it, it, that would be a great one to start with um then i probably would go with golden sweet that will come in that'll come in uh next that's kind of a mid-season uh variety and then you could go with something like autumn glow which is a late ripening variety and really great flavored um apricot what is so late for give- an apricot well, in the case of Autumn Glow, glow it's uh, late July, early August. Okay. It's, it's, it's late. In the case of Gold um, golden Sweet, that would be uh, mid to late June. All right. But check out the White Knockout Apricot at tomorrowsharvest.com. Last week, Ed, you mentioned that when we were done chatting that you were going to go out and do some summer pruning. It's, it's May, Ed. It's, it's spring. What, what do you mean summer pruning in May? Well, actually, uh, I we just uh, we just launched a YouTube page and it's called Tomorrow's Harvest Nursery. That's the only one we can do it under. So, and the first video we put up was a video I made last week of me pruning my multiple my multiple plant and my high density planting of three plum trees in one hole. So, twenty four inches on center, um, planted in a triangle. Um, these trees are probably about eight years old, nine years old, and um, all kept um, my height with my hands extended above my head. And that's what I did last week. I, I had done some thinning the week before. And you, when you summer prune, you always do a little bit more thinning. So I was I just did the the basic thinning to get the majority of stuff off. And then um, I went in this uh, last weekend and I pruned the tree to control the size, the height. And then I went inside, opened up the canopy of the multiple, but multiple planting uh, to let, to allow air um, uh, penetration and sunlight uh, penetration into the canopy. And I just kind of, showed how to do that there you go summer pruning and high density planning how to with ed livo you found it That's i found great. it okay yes. good subscribe 
<laughs> you'll be the you'll be the second. I was the first. Okay. Um, and then I, everybody else who listens to this podcast, go and subscribe. We'll be doing a lot more videos. I'm really looking to launch this YouTube page more as a how-to page. Mm-hmm. So we'll be focusing on things like this: how to, how I, and a lot of the things that I recommend, which are sometimes what would we be considered avant-garde. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. That's. Wouldn't you say that? Fair enough, yeah. And, you know, and that's the the first um, portion of this video is showing how to summer prune a a high-density planting of three plum trees in one hole. And then there'll be um, the second part will be pruning a multiple budded fruit tree. So the other tree I have next to it is a multiple budded pluot. It should be up by the weekend. All right. So you can learn a lot about summer pruning if you go to the YouTube page called Tomorrow's Harvest and sc- and scroll Tomorrow's down. Tomorrow's Harvest Nursery. I tell but, you what, you know, on, on today's uh, podcast, I will provide a link directly to this YouTube video. Oh, that's cool. And that Thanks, way Fred. people can watch Ed prune his fruit trees and learn yeah, what and, summer pruning is all about. Right. It's about size control. And in this case, it's about high density planting and then why, why and how you prune uh, a tree that's been planted in a high density situation. I notice on YouTube uh, after this video, they're recommending that I watch Jeff Beck demonstrating Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, that's great. That, 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 uh, that's worth it. I would do it. Right. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Beck is my one of my all time favorite guitarists. So. All right. Summer pruning, it's something if you want fruit trees and you need the room for fruit trees, well, you may not need as much room as you think. If you keep them small, just keep them as tall as you are and you'll still have plenty of fruit. And it's all called backyard orchard culture. Summer pruning, a big part of that. And you can find out more when you visit the YouTube page with Ed Livo. Summer pruning and high density planting how to with Ed Livo at Tomorrow's Harvest Nursery on YouTube. And I'm sure someday there will be a link at tomorrowsharvest.com to this page. Oh, there will be. Absolutely. If, if there isn't already, I don't know. I'm not sure that Bridget's got to that yet. But oh, that's right. Busy. Blame Bridget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easy enough. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. We've learned a lot again. So be sure to check out the white knockout apricot tree at tomorrowsharvest.com. It's a delicious, sweet piece of fruit that ripens early. You just might want one. Is that a doorbell? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll bet you the... I bet it's a package. Yeah, that's it. I think we got a package, Gloria. And and the doorbell now is going to be on Fred's pod, podcast yes. for years to come. Yes. <laughs> Ed Livo, we learned a lot again. Thanks for another great episode of Fabulous Fruit Friday. Always love it, Fred. And uh, we'll look forward to our next visit, man. The Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast has a lot of information posted at each episode. Transcripts, links to any products or books mentioned during the show, and other helpful links for even more information. Plus, you can listen to just the portions of the show that interest you. It's been divided into easily accessible chapters. And you're going to find more information about how to get in touch with us. You can leave an audio question without making a phone call. You do it via SpeakPipe. Go to speakpipe.com slash garden basics. It's easy. Give it a try. If you're listening to us via Apple Podcasts, put your question in the ratings and review section. 
You can text us questions and pictures or leave us your question at 916-292-8964. That's 916-292-8964. And you can email us, fred at farmerfred.com. And please tell us where you're from because that'll help us greatly accurately answer your garden questions. Because after all, all gardening is local. In the show notes, you'll find links to all our social media outlets. That includes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, you'll find a link to the FarmerFred.com website. And thanks for listening. The warmer weather means that fruit trees and berry bushes will soon spring to life with the promise of tasty, nutritious, fresh fruit for you and your family. So what are you waiting for? A website with more information? Okay, you've got it. It's tomorrowsharvest.com, your go-to site for a complete line of backyard fruit trees and bushes. Tomorrow's Harvest fine line of fruit trees is the result of 75 years of developing, testing, and growing. Three generations of the Birchall family have been at the forefront of research and development of plants of the highest quality, and all of these beautiful edible plants have been carefully cultivated for your home garden. Look for Tomorrow's Harvest fruit trees at Better Retail Nurseries. And if your favorite nursery doesn't carry any of Tomorrow's Harvest fruit, nut, and berry varieties, you can order them directly from Tomorrow's Harvest. And when you order them online, they come in plantable paper pots ready for you to stick directly in the ground, pot and all. Let the Birchall family's three generations of experience take root in your home orchard, landscape and garden. Tomorrow's harvest. It's goodness you can grow. If you want to find out more about their nutritious and delicious fruit and nut varieties, visit tomorrowsharvest.com. Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday and is brought to you by Smart Pots. It's available just about anywhere, and that includes Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And for Northern California gardeners, it's the Green Acres Garden Podcast with Farmer Fred. It's available also wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and leaving comments. And thanks for listening.